I think it's time for a little more of my wonderful friend, David Patrick Stuckey, extraordinary actor and lovely human being, full of inspiration. Welcome back to yet another episode of the Terry Summers Podcast. The best laid plans of mice and men. Today, I had a completely different guest scheduled, and there were some difficulties on that guest's end of things. And though I had intended to have David Patrick back, uh, he jumped in and filled this slot today, kind of impromptu, which is just so him. We could talk and talk and talk. But if you recall, and if you did not, go back and listen to his episode. He is a inspiration, an inspiration, um, for so many reasons. A person with such beautiful insight into life, but even more particularly, as he has shared on this podcast, his aspirations to work as an actor. And for those of us who are artists, and even more specifically actors, I do believe that this um, element that he is tapping into of um, honoring that creative person inside us. And in the ways that he is choosing to do that, we'll only further seeing those dreams and aspirations come to full fruition. So without further ado, here is my dear friend, David Patrick. Well, again, folks, I am blessed beyond measure. And I mean that I'm not just blowing smoke to have my dear friend, David, David Patrick Stuckey. I even stumble over saying it. Uh, I Patrick. Know. Yes, but I'm going to obey. Um, and if any of you missed the first episode where I had him with me, this is my longtime friend that uh, we'd been parted for a while just with life and living and reunited. And I have always known him as Patrick, but to the rest of the world, he's David. So um, I'm going to co- cooperate professionally. That's who he is <laughs> as well. So um <clears throat> I yeah, in the interest of potentially getting me work. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is about yeah. you, after all. I'm here to after celebrate all. you. Yes, so I better get it right. And no, to be honest, I think I have always really fallen in tow. Like you are someone I don't, I don't argue with. I don't think I'd ever want to, <laughs> but, but but I don't. I don't you have a beautiful way of of. Uh, I was going to say bossing, but let's just say leading. <laughs> yeah, let's go with leading. <laughs> um, you, uh, prior to us checking in with each other right now, um, I've made some mention. Um, actually, I'll just be transparent. I will be making some mention. Um, we had a lovely mishap happen today where uh, I've been wanting to have you back on again. And we talked about that. And I wasn't sure um, that today was going to be a possibility, but you were available. So I will be introducing you in a recording, um, knowing that we are going to be visiting today. But one of the things that I knew I wanted to have you back on over 
is there was such a wealth of information that you shared when you were on in the first episode that it was just like, I even thought, and maybe this is the beginning of that, that we could just have regular time with you. Um, One, it's super fun for me because you're my friend, but what you have in your mind and what you do and the way you live is something that I am into and I love about you, but I know my audience does too. And I'm not guessing on this because as I shared with you, I have had lovely, not that I don't get these from other episodes, just calm down people in case you're riled up, but I get lovely responses and comments about your episode. And for a very long time. I haven't checked recently. It has remained um, number one on the top 10 of the ones that were currently being rated. Yeah. So it's being listened to and shared. And um, I wonder in part, if I do have a following that are actors, because a lot of what you shared uh, would appeal, but there are a lot of folks that I have heard from that aren't and just thought, yeah, commented on things and the sharing of your, your folks and their relationship. And so I'm, I have you back and um, remind us where you are living right now. Just if there's someone that doesn't recall that first episode or new to this. Well, I'm, I'm out at the tip of Cape Cod for the whole summer. I've been in North Truro, which is a little town right next to Provincetown. Provincetown's the last town on the Cape. And I'm moving in there uh, because this place isn't winterized on the 1st. So I'll be right in downtown Provincetown for the rest of until next April when I'll be back here. Awesome. But it's beautiful. It's like the softest air. And I I guess it's the salt and content in the air, but it's like velvet on your skin. That's one thing because I lived here in the 90s and I moved back here last April. And the one thing I'd forgotten was that. And it's such a physical sensation. You probably can't hold it in your mind, but it's amazing. Anyway, and just a little Provincetown tidbit. No, it is. And I can um, echo that. It, there, you know, when we, um, for those that may not have heard the first episode, my husband and I made a cross country kind of trip this summer and visiting Patrick was a highlight of it. And we were able to stay with him there at his cottage. And it was just in, you know, to use the word enchanting kind of sounds like, you know, I'm pulling it from a Hallmark card, but it really was, there is, is, it just had this welcoming warmth and the air that you, now that you say that, I don't know that I would have ever uh, pinpointed that specifically, but Yes, there's something, mm, I don't know, I have chill bumps right now. And as we started this conversation, I know you and I are on video seeing one another. I looked out your window and you have a bit of a storm there. Yeah, it's supposed to really roll in tomorrow. I love a storm. I just, it's why it's one of my, my favorite thing, you know, I, I, I'm sure everyone plays this game if only with themselves, but the thing that is your favorite thing on earth or in life right. or whatever Minus thunder. Ooh. Yeah. I just, it just enchants me. Good use of that word. It totally transports me out of myself. I am, I am it while it's in my presence. I just think thunder is the most glorious thing. Oh my gosh. You're giving me chill bumps. I don't know that I've ever thought to answer that question. My very favorite thing. I, I definitely, I definitely am in terrain, but, but even the pinnacle of that 
is a storm that would have thunder. And that thunder is just this, Oh, I have chill bumps. It's like, it's like a conversation that's happening with the universe. Well, there you go. We should be like inspirational people. We should be inspirational people. We probably are. We are inspirational people. I know. I I was trying to be funny. And it's I funny because uh, I'm, I'm sorry, I, I, before I forget, we were going to talk about self-tapes. And there's, uh, I mentioned to you when we were talking earlier that part of the self-tape thing is because it holds, you know, I, I didn't start acting until I was quite old because I had debilitating stage fright. One of the reasons I do self-tapes, which for anyone who doesn't know, is where you get a little bit of a script and you memorize it and rehearse it by, your, you know, by yourself on your own volition. and you. Um, and you decide what you're going to do, if you're going to use an accent, who this character is. You don't have much to go on. So a lot of it is your imagination. And then you, then you record it and then edit it on you know, some one of those apps. And then you post it back. And they, there are a lot of other people doing the same thing. It started in a class I took like, what, four years ago now? I think I'm now on 1,259 or 60 this morning. So... But one of the things doing that does, it's like gymnasium for actors, but I think it can something like it could be applicable to no matter what you do for a living. But for me, this keeps stage fright at bay because I act every day. So every day I prove to myself that I'm good at this and I need that. Okay, so... Um... One of the reasons I think that this episode that you were on the first time was so popular is because you speak to those kinds of things and then you put feet to it, um, boots on the ground, so to speak. And the clarify just for those that are listening, um, how many times have you committed yourself to be consistent? And how many days? Yes. Yeah, one thousand two hundred and. 1,259, I think, was this morning's number. So in and of itself, separate from the activity, which I do want to get into, um, and there's so much I want to talk about, so we probably will still have you on. I think we're just going to have a whole segment always dedicated to you um, or episode. (laughs) But um, aside from the specifics of the exercise for an actor, what does that kind of honoring commitment to yourself do for well, you. It, let me, let me give you yeah. just a pinch of a backstory. Um, I'm, I'm really into that question right now. And you might've even seen me post it on Facebook, maybe, maybe not, but I had a girlfriend pass away, not terribly yeah. long ago within the month. And in her memorial, they had showed a, um, a videotape that she'd had the forethought with her family to record back in the holidays, not anticipating her death, but just to chronicle her journey. And in that she said something like, um, she goes, I'm showing up for myself today. And I've heard the phrase before, but it did make my brow swag. And, um, and she said, um, uh, I, uh, I'm living intentionally. So, that opened up my senses to like, what does that look like? You know, I know what it means and probably to everyone differently, it has a meaning, but this is so intentional on your part. 
Yeah. How does that intention and showing up for yourself, because you really are in doing this exercise on behalf of some motivations that we'll get into, what does that offer you? Um, it keeps me afloat. It, um, you know, it keeps me upright. It, keep, it keeps, it's very energizing. Um, both in good and bad ways. Sometimes I think, oh, I've got to do that tape. But because I know I'm not going to let myself off the hook, you know, even if I have to go through a, like an angry period about it and like resentful and say, I, I don't like this piece of script anyway. Why do I have, but I, and, but then that I get rid of that very quickly. So it's good exercise in that way because one of my uh, great faults, well, one of obviously very few, but, but it is a real fault. Um, is it, <laughs> is that I do have a tendency to procrastinate or only do those things that are very easy for me and that I love doing. And so when something even minor gets in my way, sometimes if I'm in a bad mood, I'll put on a bit of peak and go, I'm not doing this, but um, I can't do that with this because I'm committed to it. And I get so much out of it. You know, it's proven itself to me. I don't, I no longer question it, which is really great. I, I don't know that I've ever been as disciplined about any, um, like gym going experience which i consider this basically going to the gym for an actor it's like sort of like morning pages is going to the gym for a writer and you know everybody could do whatever but i for me personally it is just absolutely uh nourishing to have some kind of routine like this and so that every day i know i'm going to be engaged with the part of myself that is really important to me Oh, I just now thought that I didn't know that oh. until it came out of my mouth. But you know, being being an actor or being able to communicate what I know of life, which is why I'm an actor, because I don't, you know, it's just it's because what I know of life is it doesn't have a you know, it doesn't have much of a box that I can put it in. I I can't make it some other career, or I probably would have. I, so this is what all I can do because um, I just want to be naked in the world. That's my you know, that's who, who I am. It's like what my whole lifelong quest is to just be um, so that anything that I can reveal or be transparent about or communicate or share, um, I just want it to be so accessible and so, and done with such, I don't know what the word is, done with such, uh, I don't know, it's somewhere between authenticity and grace or something. I just want it to be so if anybody can get anything from it, that it's there for the taking. Yeah. 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 You know? uh, and acting is the best way to do that because at least for me, because it allows you to go all out in this regard, to be as absolutely transparent and as truthful as you can possibly be. But because it's usually through the role, well, it's always through the role of a character. It gives both me and other people enough distance that the intimacy isn't scary. Wow. I think the problem with telling the truth is it is such an intimate act Ooh. that it scares the shit out of most people, including those of us who are saying it. The closer we get to important truths and try to say them out loud, I usually cry the first few times I do it. You know, I just, the tears just squirt out. I can't help it because it's so important and it feels so good when you do it. 
that is particularly in areas that you're not allowing yourself to do it when you get there it's like this great relief and joy and I've gone on long enough about this, haven't I? No, no. You are, this could be a TED talk, brother. <laughs> I love it. Anyway, uh, that's, that's why I do it. But uh, it also, it just recently, it started feeding me back in a way that was completely unexpected. There are like three or four or five people who are among the regulars. That, you know, like I said, a, a lot of people are engaged in this using the same script every day and posting it to the same site and looking at each other's work and, and giving each other feedback. But I have been very remiss about looking at other people's work and, and giving people feedback simply because it's a very time consuming thing. And I cannot do it casually because I respect what, you know, my journey towards to this place has been arduous and scary and frightening and it continues to be, a full-throated howl to, to, to do it, you know? So I, I respect that other people have had similar kinds of journeys and I don't want to lightly look at their stuff and then toss off some casual remark. And I know that's all I mostly have time for day in and day out. Every once in a while I dive in, but I say that because then the fact that this other thing happened is even more surprising. I've lately gotten five or six people on this thing that wait for my, for my take. And they respond to it and they have really beautiful things to say about me as an actor. And it's, it's like, you know, people always say that if you just do what you love and just keep doing it to the best of your ability, it'll work. This to me is like the first real hint, not the first. I've been getting hints all along, but it's, it's, it's the, mo the hint that has happened to me most recently that I'm on the right track. Because these people are saying, you're, you know, you're funny, you're, you know, I, all kinds of wonderful things. They all, the five or six people that are I, like, I hate to use the word fan club because it's much more significant than that to me because it doesn't have any, it's nothing like that in a way. It's very much, all we know of each other is our, ourselves as actors. You know, we don't stop and chat with each other. Right. Or, you know. But they're definitely um, following you. Yeah, they're definitely following me. And I'm thinking, if, if five or six people who are as tuned to acting as these people all are, because it's their life, right. um, start following me, then it's a pretty good indication. It gives me hope. And what, is, what do you hope for? I hope that I will somehow figure out how to make this into a way of making a living, you know. Um, and a good enough living that I can sort out my need to be in London half of my life and here in Provincetown the other half of my life for the right. years that I have remaining. You know, you do think, and I think we talked about this a little bit maybe on the last podcast about age and how it changes your perspective and it, it focuses you. Like, you know, the, like Mark Twain said something about, you know, um, <clears throat> and a, a, your, one's impending death focuses one's re, one remarkably. It's not quite what he said, but... Um, it was the gist of it. And, and it is true, you know, when the, as you get close enough to think, yep, I better not, you know, so just, it's to me completely not frightening. So I'm, I guess that's makes this an easier journey than, because than, I do know people who are, who are frightened by that idea. And uh, it isn't that to me at all, but I'll, but I do think sometimes about doing something and then I think, no, I'm not going to actually have enough years 
because I like like travel places, for instance. There are certain places that I really want to see. Yet. I want to see southern India, and I want to spend a few months there because I don't believe in like destination yeah. hopping. And I'm not a good traveler for a start, but I'm a good liver, even if it's for a fairly short period of time. But I do need to be someplace long enough that I have to go to the shops and figure out how to get across town on my own and right. you know, all of that and before I can relax enough to really experience the place so there are certain number of places that i want to do that with like prague and southern india but every once in a while i'll think of another one and i think well yeah no, that's not you know make the bucket so big that you're not going to do any of it the bucket list i and i you know one of the things about you that is so um alluring to me as your friend um is is the way you embrace life and it has, it's always been filled and colored with your humor, first of all, and, <laughs> your, and your wit and your sensibility. But then it just sort of like um, every crack or opening in the structure of who you are seems to beam out this desire to expand and maybe maybe this is just in i don't know would you agree that that is sort of uh, yeah, I, yeah i guess so i just somebody the other day on some social networking site or other asked me what i was looking for and i said i'm not looking for i'm just looking whoa um because I'm not looking for, and I, I, that's been my problem. I've never had any, I've, there's a part of me that always expresses as saying, I have no ambition because there's not some, I don't know what I'm looking for. You know, I, I mean, I, I found out that I was looking for acting when I, when I was in my 60s, but it was almost by accident. Even that was hardly even a, a conscious thought. And you would think something that's that important to me now would have been, um, I would have, I would have reached that destination by at least some semblance of a rational plan or something, but really didn't happen that way. And, and my whole life doesn't happen that way. I just, I, you know, I, as you know, I started out in a Mennonite farming community in, in Kansas. And I did always know as much as I saw the beauty in that and was loved lavishly. And so I was not unhappy, but I always knew that I wanted to see what else there was. I mean, my, earliest recollection, I, I, I buried myself in books and tried to find worlds because I couldn't go anywhere, but there, but I, but I, and, or, or just in my imagination. Yeah. Yeah. I guess that's true. I, I do keep, I do keep trying to figure out, um, trying to figure out how to be, but, but trying to figure out the world. <laughs> I just want to look, I'm right. trying to see as much as I can. And, and that's what I mean by expand, because, you know, when you're looking, you are, you're, you're gathering something, you know what I mean? You're, yeah. Uh, it, yeah. Uh, even if it isn't, um, like you said, looking for, you're looking. And I love that. Yeah. So you mentioned, you quoted or loosely quoted Mark Twain. And yeah. we, um, did you ever get a chance to check out that, um, documentary on um oh, oh shoot now escape it escapes me his name 
Darn it. Yeah, he's after. I, I know who you're talking about. And, and the answer had, is had, I didn't. Um, and I'm glad you nudged me because it, I'm sorry I haven't. I meant to. And well, then I told out. you. No worries. I told you I wasn't going to tell you why, but I'll tell you why. He <laughs> um, plays Mark Twain in something. Yeah. I don't recall what. But it's yeah. towards the end of the documentary, and um, oh shoot! Oh, it's it's the actor. Is it Val Kilmer? Val Kilmer. Thank yeah. you, thank you, yeah. Val Kilmer. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, yeah. But I've got to watch that. Yes, I think you have did to. Play Mark you have Kilmer. to. But I just was mesmerized, as was my husband, when we saw your uh, piece. Or and I don't know how much of that. Forgive me for not having all of it cohesive in my mind. But the piece that you showed us. Um, from your efforts of portraying um, Mark Twain, yeah, Mark Twain. They did I oh, show you the whole twenty-minute film, or did I show you just the trailer for it? It was just the trailer. Okay, Where can I it. post the twenty-minute film? Is there a uh, way I should say so? Yeah, there's the link. I'll send it? it to you. I'll okay. send it to you. Yeah, and you can post it. Yeah, they must see it. But um, I'll tell you. Um, it's it's on the filmmaker who made it has a website. Okay. So I will send that because then they could uh, if they look at it through his website, there's no there'll be no charge for it, but he'll get marks for it. And he's such a brilliant filmmaker that I would not want him to not get the credit for Let's people watching it. Because I'll that. also get them that way. But it gives all the people because he he just did this out of the goodness of his heart. I did a as you know a one man show that was an hour and ten minutes, and he we spent a day because we had access to a, a stage and set up lights and just made it into a little film set. And he made a 20 minute film, which was made from excerpts from the full length one man show. So I will send you the link through, through Dale's website. And, um, and where did you do the live version? When did you do that? I did it in 2000. Seven, I think. Okay. Right after I did, when I first, very first started acting, it was the only thing I did in this country before I then moved to London. And every, okay. all the rest of my acting was in London. And it was, must have been in 2007. Okay. Uh, or eight, somewhere in that, that time frame. Yeah. Um, it was fabulous. And I just wanted to bring it up because uh, when I saw the documentary with Val Kilmer, um, and he, I hope it's not a spoiler for anyone listening, if you're interested, because it was a wonderful documentary, but he did portray um, him in, right. in, in um, from another um, time, I think. I don't know, I right. might have that wrong. But anyway, it just made me think of you. You need to take a look at it. Yeah, but I, I will look at it. I know that you have in your mind um, some maybe n- not under the umbrella of looking fors, but want to do's. And yeah. you're mentioning, you know, in terms of even your travel and your bucket list, but um, what, what really stirs in you right now that. What more immediate things. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I have plans for the some pretty, you know, it's, it, it gets very quiet here in the winter and I'm moving into town. So I won't have to be driving anywhere. I'll walk everywhere I go. I'm going to have, and, and everybody else is right in the same neighborhood. So I'm trying to put together a writing group. Um, and I'm also trying to write a one-man show. They're two separate projects. Obviously, the one-man show 
at this let's, point. Let's talk about on the me. one man show just a minute because we touched on that in the first episode. Some of your right. energies and where where your ideas were birthed from. Do you want to um, just touch we'll on talk that? About the one man show thing. Yeah. Well, you know, it's basically um, it's basically autobiographical, I suppose, most one man shows, but it's more. And it's it's built around the actual my actual life, but it's, they're just to the, to a large extent jumping off points where I can just sort of rattle on about whatever uh, whatever comes to mind. Sort of like doing a podcast, <laughs> except I'm going to spend some time writing it so that I don't waste any time or anything. It's going to be a contrived podcast. That's what I'm trying to write. Can I a contrived can I, um... podcast with Terry? It can't, so this one man show, can it have yeah. little flickers of some other, in other words, I'm trying to get in this one man show. And I know that yeah, they, I know. by you the nature of the good. definition. Do you want, do you want a cameo or like exactly, would you like a cameo in this one man show? Or are you talking about a sort of major supporting actress role? No, no. I, I think, <laughs> I think we can leave it the one man thing. Cause that kind of defines it loosely. All right. But um, far be it for me to respect any definition of anything. But um, <laughs> I, uh, I don't know. I was just playing. But I, I love I that idea for you having seen the Mark Twain piece. I right. just can't imagine really the fullness of seeing you um, take off in something like that. Yeah. You know. Yeah, I, I hope I can make it work. I mean, I've never. Uh, of course, I've never tried that. I mean, with the one man show, uh, the Mark Twain was a scripted thing that was that Mark Twain wrote, but that somebody else put together out of Mark Twain's, you know, um, his last major thing he did, which he did, was he dictated his autobiography. And it's now 100 years later, more than 100 years later, it's finally been published in three volumes. I think the first one was in 2007. About Oh, no, it was earlier than that, 2001 or two, because this was taken from them, the, right. my show. Um so, you know, it's nice to have his words. He does have a way with them. So now I'm going to be more, I'm going to be dependent on mine, not only my words, but my experiences. But one of the initial genesis for this show is that while I was doing the one man show, so many things about Mark Twain's attitude to life, his actual experiences in life, his, just who he was resonated so deeply with me that sometimes during the middle of acting Twain, being Twain on stage, it would cross my mind. I want to just step to one side and say the same thing oh. as a 77 year old gay man in 2021, because I feel the same way. I just want to put it in the context of now. So that's kind of the, was the beginning of my idea about doing a one man show. So I could almost be happy with taking the Twain show and literally doing that, you know, literally taking every line from the Twain show and making it now and making it wow. me because we had so many parallels. I mean, politically, we couldn't be more um, in tune. Um, spiritually, for want of a better word, we were both in the same headspace about all of that. Um, we both lost younger brothers at a critical and about almost the same time in our lives by in accidents and they were killed. We just one thing after another, after another in his real life, paralleled things in my real life. So it was a very easy show in one way in, in that it was 
was like just walking into my own body. I didn't have to figure out how to become twain. I already was twain. I mean, there was so much about us that was that we were uh, kindred spirits. So yeah, I felt. Oh you know. my gosh, I love that you shared this, Patrick. I didn't know that facet of it. Oh yeah, and I had. And I didn't know it was going to happen at all. Pardon me. You know, I hadn't even seen. I didn't know it was going to happen at all. I hadn't even seen a script when I was first asked to do it and said yeah because I didn't. You know, I'd never had an offer before. So I love an offer. So, um, uh, what, what, yeah, I love that idea. Like my mind is just swirling with taking that kind of a parallel step to the side of that story. And, yeah. oh, I absolutely love it. Where would you begin with something like that? You started, we, 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 headed in the direction at my request of talking yeah. about Twain, but you had also mentioned in the immediate days now you have trying to gather a writing group. Yeah, but that's for another project, but it's not dissimilar in a way because what, you know, I, I feel very strongly that we, you know, my half, a big part of my existence uh, since I was a young man, since I was anyway, I, I've always been inclined toward, activism and marching around carrying signs and wearing a sash and stuff. I mean, you know, I'm like a, a wanna, suffragette wannabe kind of, there's a part of me that really loves doing all of that. And I, I'm, mm -hmm. and it's not that I'm don't do it with real commitment, but I also love the whole process of it. And so, and, and being a gay man, uh, very early on in my life, a lot of that energy was poured into gay rights things and stuff. So I think a huge part of, uh, of my life is about being a gay man and what that experience has meant since between 1950 when I first was really conscious of being on the earth and 19 and 2021 um, and what that journey has been like. So um, one of the things that I think we, because that journey has been so extensive and we have come such a long way, one of the things that I think it is the time is ripe for is a gay sitcom. And I don't mean a sitcom written by straight people, casting straight people to play gay people, nor do I mean a sitcom that was written by gay men for all intents and purposes. And But the roles were played by women, like shows like Designing Women and, uh, and you know, uh, golden girls and stuff, which I don't know for a fact were written by gay men, but the sensibility certainly says to me that they were major influences in it. So I think it's now time to drop the curtain and let those roles be played by the people who have those voices, who have that sense of wit and style. And, and we all know what, I mean, we all know it instinctively, but it's never I was going to say we also all know what being gay is, but obviously it's a million things. So I kind of have to backtrack, and that's a whole nother podcast. So, yeah. uh, but but I uh, want to put a writing group together because I've talked uh, about this over dinner parties and stuff, and a lot of people are interested in this happening. And I know a bunch of funny people, and I know that if we just sat around and say took an old Golden Girls script or an old Designing Women script, and then said this is the way this would have actually happened in a room like, and, and one of the people in this writing group, um, Rafe Menold has uh, suggested that the, the pandemic where two gay men who own a restaurant in some place like Provincetown in the middle of the pandemic can't get help. And so they enlist all of their old friends <laughs> all over that they've made throughout their life to come and salvage the restaurant. So that would be the premise for the thing to throw a bunch of 
disparate people, but who have some, like the Golden Girls, something in common. Um, and then, and let those characters develop and play off each other. And that, you know, there's nothing funnier than gay humor, as far as I'm concerned. Often it's in the form of the, the barbs and, and arrows of, uh, of drag queens and stuff, but it's hysterical. It's a take on life that people find funny because when you put it in the mouths of others, but until now it's been very, no one has actually put it in the mouths that it's coming from. And so that's, that's the other project I want to work on through the winter. If I can get a writing group together to, to try to do that and see if my idea is right. I mean, it, it is right because every time I bring this up at, at a dinner party or something, it just takes off. You know? Yeah. These people and, around the table are just suddenly throwing lines back and forth. And were we taking it, we'd be done with this project. But we, you know, we aren't. So we have to do it a little more formally. Um, what, when you say the winter, and that is because the, the, the season, the hip, the, the hopping season on it's Cape Cod yeah. is, is the summer. So yeah. as, um, as everything kind of comes to a bit of a chill around there, you yeah. maybe have the means to do it. And so yeah. I gather that you would like put together a, um, a pilot, a pitch, something of that sort? Yeah, that I think, you know, if I can put together the right writing group and, you know, all of it's tentative and who knows whether it'll happen. I mean, the, the one-man show I can continue to work on because it's all in my control, but the other one, I'll just have to see, but I, I do want to push it as hard as I can because uh, then I would think that if we can, if we can get the rhythm going and we click, um, so much about writing as a group is, is trusting each other and having somewhat of a sa the same goal, you know, I think. Right. Uh, but, but I think certain confines focus, focus, you know, so you wouldn't get anything done if you didn't have some sort of loose plan that you're not wedded to, but some, it's almost like you have to have a, a something of a script to have a starting point, you know. Right. So, or something of a, a, a treatment or a idea. Right. So, yeah. I, and I think that, you know, because there's so much time and it's all conducive and everybody's within walking distance, more or less, I think we could be, I think it would be reasonable to think that we could write a pilot and an episode. Oh, yeah, for sure. And I, you know, you know I and then know. we'd have something to sell. Absolutely. And creating what what I'm loving this on so many levels, taking um, the creativity that that you have in yourself and expanding it again that word expanding it to be able to to take charge um of the possibilities you know i mean that is also something i think that for creative people correct me if i if you don't agree with this but i think that for creative people so often we can get trapped feeling like we're subject to someone else's choice and decisions yeah. Um, because well, of and realistically, where you that's usually the case, but right, right. Um, but th uh, yeah. expanding beyond that is really an option, and yeah. it, it, there is nothing really that we cannot do. It is yeah. just getting used to, like you do so naturally, looking. And not even necessarily, like you say, looking for, but looking, looking and taking yeah. in and being open and welcoming. I do also see how that pattern of your 
um, discipline in your self tapes somehow can come behind this and be um, um, a formula, if you will, for seeing that this gets nurtured in a similar way. Here's what I would absolutely love. The next time y'all get together, we've got to have a little Zoom session so I can just sit in and listen. That would be amazing to be the proverbial fly on the wall. I would love to see, of course, I would sign any confidentiality statements you need me to, but I would love to. But you know how I feel about transparency. So that's not going to be a part, you know, confidentiality is not going to be any part of this. Oh, you know what? It's the old, um, the old Oprah contracts I had to sign kicking in, but I, anyway, yeah, uh, yeah, I just, I'm, you know what I mean. I'm not I wanting know, I do, to hone in. I just would I really, truly love. Um, I'm seeing my computer. Really, just one second, my friend. I would really yeah. love to be witness to some of it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, it would be fabulous. I wish you were I, here to be in. I wish you were here to be in the writing group. Ah, dude, don't tempt me. I, I know. love that. I was, I was, but anyway, say, oh my goodness. Yeah. But we'll keep that in mind. We'll see, you know, that's, I hadn't even thought of that, but we could bring in people that, you know, we don't have absolute access to and do it on a Zoom thing. Yeah. Once we, certainly once we get to a certain point and like we could say, okay, here's where we are. This is the scene we're doing. And I want you to think about it and then come on. And then we're going to, we're throwing ideas around. Cause this, as I see it, this is a, the first, major part of this once we actually put pen to paper we're home free oh my goodness i love that energy of creating something and to not get the deer in a headlight thing but i i would i would i i feel i'm hesitating i know i have an audience listening to me probably saying gosh she's so bushy but i just really <laughs> i i'm not for any other reason. if they don't know that by now Tim. yeah i know right um who yeah. am i fooling uh but for no other reason really than just to be able to be a guest in that experience of creating yeah. something so i um I thank you so much for taking this time today for being able, you know, we were going to schedule you coming back, as I mentioned, but I just reached out kind of on a halfway whim and you jumped in with both feet and you were just that kind of fella, but I want (laughs) to see how these things roll out. And, um, and then I will also share, uh, probably hash it out with you a little bit um, off of the, uh, podcast, but I'll also share some creative ideas that I have. And then maybe you can jump in on my end as well, but I love you, David Patrick, and, uh, I'm rooting for you. And I want to keep these conversations going because I do think that when we give it time like that, meaning the time of our minds and our hearts and our, our conversations and our attention, not unlike what you are saying happens for you in the self-taping that it Mm -hmm. fights off any uh, lack of courage. And sometimes that can, you know, grab us of our very breath when we feel like we're venturing out into an area. I mean, I think as human beings that, that, that uh, threat of panic or that threat of like not, 
of lacking confidence or whatever element it's lacking confidence in such an extreme way. Um, this is funny because it's like you find in your life there are like themes that just like this week for me has been talking to several of my friends about this very thing about what happens and who do you call to talk you off the edge talk you down from the ledge or whatever the phrase is you know when you're about to like give up on yourself and panic or or you see that that monster reach I don't know if everybody has one but mine you know was that stage fright thing but it manifests in other ways and, and yeah we do need to keep each other's courage up we yeah. do need to encourage people. I love that whole word now. It's like yeah. my favorite. Encourage. Yeah, mine too. Mine too, encourage. That you that's a word between um uh could a headache rob me of all my memory? Yes, maybe. Just a second. Where am I getting this from? And are you the one that, that broke encourage down to me? Yeah, yeah, that was me. I just one day was looking at the word and I thought this means to imbue other people with courage, to endow them with courage. And I mean, why would we do anything else with people we love? I mean, that's essentially and it just it just somehow I, re, I you know, I love words and, and words that have been in my, you know, like a word like encourage. We use it enough. It's a common enough word that you just take it for granted and you take it as in the sort of general general way of like you know, raw, raw football game encourage, or um, I shouldn't right. twice that I've dissed football, but you know what my <laughs> feelings about organized sports are. Um, but anyway, yeah, but to, to, when you break it down, it really means to hand somebody courage, you know, to, to give oh it. Oh my gift, gosh. You know, my and, nose um, is turning red. I feel the, all the little emotional tear triggering things in my nose because that, so I, uh, that is really why I even have a desire to sit down in front of a microphone and share with another person is one to, it's a joy to be able to spend time with people. And I love people, but I am also encouraged, but I, uh, by those visits, uh, clearly I leave a session like this, um, wealthy, but I love to encourage. And that has been in, you know, how you take these tests about you, your personality and your traits and whatever. And that's one of mm -hmm. my strong leading characteristics or as a factor of me is that I'm an encourager, but I now see it. So, um, uh, breaking that word down, the the visual that comes to mind to hand someone courage to help them to encourage, boy, that is just yeah, uh, it's great, isn't it? Yeah, and you are. I mean, you encourage me just massively. It's just I love that you're in my life because I know I'm going to feel my best self whenever I'm around you. You know, oh. and that's because you encourage me. You know, you just you're open to anything I have to offer. You know, that's what encouraging is like. It's just a great gift. It's an amazing gift. And to, and and I think it involves seeing one another. You know, when you when someone is seen, there yeah they, that validation happens, and then ev everything is yeah. possible. Well, we yeah. will continue to follow up here at the Jerry Silvers podcast <laughs> with you, David Patrick, but. Um, we have so much more really that to be, to be mined here. So, um, when we're not shooting from the hip, like we were today, thank you for coming right. in. Um, let's just gather our thoughts again and expand on some of what we've already 
talked about and then we'll we'll see what happens i i just am so thrilled with the um creative juices that are flowing with you uh, within you and look forward to hearing about that as well because i i really am trusting that this is your season and your time and the um the effort that the effort and the commitment to yourself cannot not pay off because it is like nurturing something and it will grow. It comes to fruition. And that three plus four year, whatever self tape commitment that you've been doing, which is crazy. Awesome. That goes well beyond just the honing of your craft. And I know, you know, this, it is affirming who you are, which is such a talent. And, uh, we can't, don't let me forget the soon as we get off here, don't let me forget where I need to send people so they can watch some of you. I know we talked about right. that last time as right. well. Well, thank you. I, You and I can say goodbye formally as soon as I stop this recording. So don't go anywhere. But David Patrick Stuckey, you are amazing. And I thank you so much for being my guest. And I look forward to your next segments on this show because I just know you you deserve to be a regular here. It's such a fun time spending time with you. Hang on, my friend. Have a great afternoon, but don't go anywhere. It is absolutely lovely to sit down and have a conversation like that. And then to know that I am getting to share it with you is just super cool. It's casual, it's easy, but it's also powerful and it's filled with nuggets. If you did not get a chance to hear his first episode, um, go back and find it and take a look at it because I believe it's entitled An Actor Speaks. There were just uh, lovely insights and history to him to uh, grab onto and bring forward to the rest of this conversation. And I think from here, there will be further conversation. There's something about when creativity is infused into relationships that they feed one another. The relationship feeds the creativity and the creativity feeds the relationship. And uh, I think that's something just to have around. And I definitely want to have it around on this podcast. And even more so, just want to make sure that I encircle myself with people that are in that mode. Uh, because it's really about living no matter how you might see yourself in terms of being a creative individual, I do believe that we all are creators and we have the possibility to bring things from ideas to something tangible and present. And it just depends on what the art is, which way you want to go. So to have inspiration and sit and listen to people share about their journey, I just know that that feeds us all from that place in the creator in us. Thank you so much. I look forward to talking to you and at you and with you next week. Bye. <laughs> Thank <laughs> you.